Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. That's kind of like the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. What God has for you is so wonderful. You never regret that you ate there. But sometimes when you pray, you got to wait on it for a while. You don't have to worry about getting the runs because it's going to empower you and strengthen you. And you're going to always be grateful that you came. You had to wait for your table, but you know if you waited on it, oh my goodness, it's going to be so good sitting there. You know, all the shelves up there had high quality stuff. You know it, but you just got to wait. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. All right, this morning we want to go and uh, get straight back into the Word of God. We're going to continue in uh, the series the Lord has given us entitled The Kingdom, Rediscovering the Kingdom of God. This is such a very powerful message, and uh, really it is the, the message that I believe I was born to minister that the, the word, it's the word that the Lord wants all, really all of us to communicate. And so I'm grateful for his spirit uh, leading us this way. We're going to go back to the book of Mark, Mark, the first chapter, Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. We're going to start there today. Now, I really love the Lord. And it goes like this, Mark 1, verse 14 and 15. And it says, now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the what? The gospel of the kingdom, not just preaching the gospel, but it is the what? The gospel of the kingdom. Say that again. The gospel of the kingdom of God. One more time. The gospel of the kingdom of God. All right. Verse 15 and saying the time is is fulfilled. Uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now, this is really going to be. I mean, we've said this verse just about every time we've met here, but the Lord continues to expound things to me. When the Lord says, uh, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand, at hand, meaning it is near. It is here. It is here. It is at hand. It is here. And then he says, repent, repent and believe this gospel, Re believe the gospel, the gospel of what? The gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, our repentance uh, it is definitely turning from the kingdom of darkness, turning into the kingdom of light, turning from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is also turning, we can say, turning from the lordship of Satan, from the lordship of this world, turning unto the lordship of Christ to the kingdom of God. It is turning from one to the other. Repentance means to turn, to turn away. Now, the issue is, and we're going to see this, the issue is that many of us are not fully turning away. Now, there's a difference between uh, religion and actually walking in the things of God. One man told me just recently, he said, you know, uh, I'm not a religious man. And I want to say, neither am I. Because religion simply means you have a set pattern, a way of doing things and it is also said that religion is the opiate of the masses. It's the drug that appeases the masses, religion. 
Religion gives you a, sit, a set system or pattern, a way of doing things. And if you do these particular things, then you will be rewarded with life eternal. You'll have a great retirement home. So religion focuses on you doing right so that you may appease a deity. And then that deity, if you have done everything right like you're supposed to, that deity, that God will then allow you to come and dwell with him in a heaven or a heavenly paradise. That's the promise of religion. You do good here, and really you can maybe expect for the deity, maybe you expect that God will do something for you, but you're pretty much really on your own. You pretty much just have to do what you have to do here, and hopefully you do it right, do it well enough that you may appease him, and then he'll let you come on with him. That's religion in a nutshell, regardless of what religion you go to, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever it is, if you do right, if you do just right, you have a successful afterlife. But that's not Christianity, and it never was. Because Jesus, the Heavenly Father, our Father, is not depending on your good works. He depended upon the works of his Son, Jesus Christ. We enter into his righteousness. You're not trying to work to be accepted by God. Because of your faith in Jesus, God has already accepted you because of your faith in Christ, not because of your good works. So that already tells you there that and, and you because you believe in Jesus, you are already assured for heaven. No matter how hard you try, you're already assured for heaven because of your faith in Jesus, not because of your good works. You got me? And I'm not trying to fight to do good things so that God likes me. No, he already loves me. He adores me. He adores you. He's thinking about you right now. And I'm not just waiting to go to heaven so good things will happen to me. No, I'm experiencing heavenly things right now. I'm experiencing the power and presence of God, the peace of God right now, victory over my enemies right now. I don't have to live in hell and then die and go into heaven. No, God wants us, wants us to have victory right now. So am I a religious person? No, I don't claim to be a religious person. I'm one that follows. I'm a follower of Jesus. And Jesus didn't come to bring us religion. He came to bring us an awareness of the kingdom. You're going to walk in your kingdomship, your kingdom citizenship, or you're going to walk as a natural man, or you walk as a, as a religious person trying to do your best every day to please God. Lord, I'm trying my hardest to please you. I'm trying to do right to please you so that you will bless me. That is a religious mindset, and it's not the mindset that Jesus came to give you. He came to bring you the awareness of the kingdom of God. Now listen to me. Please shout of God. There has to come a day when the words of the Bible have to begin to equate to you're having victory in your day-to-day -day life. When the words of the Bible, when your prayer time has to equate to putting gas in your tank, putting food on your table. 
It has to equate to getting out of debt and paying your mortgage. It has to equate to bringing family back together. Instead of just a religious view, one day a week we open up our Bibles and we say pretty, we sing pretty songs and we, and we talk a pretty game. We talk about the pretty scripture, but then we go back home and it has no real world application toward, toward the mess that our lives are in. That's religious. When you go, when you pray, and you do certain ritualistic things. You talk about Christianity, what we go, we, we eat the flesh of someone that has supposedly died over 2,000 years ago, and we drink his blood. Does, how does that equate to me getting over this troubled time in my life? Jesus didn't come to bring you religion. He came to bring you relationship. He came to bring you um, the kingdom of God, the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Having communion, while it may be a ritual, it is still a ritual in the house of God. But it becomes more than that when we put our faith in someone that is not dead, but someone that is alive and alive forevermore. Coming to church may be ritualistic and, and saying prayers and giving, giving tithes and offerings may be, real, may be a ritualistic to those who look outwardly. But when we tie it with faith, faith in the one who, that, that is alive forevermore and we walk in the kingdom of God, we walk in the things of God and we listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. We begin to see victory in our lives. Uh, shackles and chains of the devil are broken off our lives. Sadness and depression and worry and anger and anxiety are broken off of our lives and we walk as free men and women overcomers the thing that binds the world while they live in darkness and in fear and in terror we walk on while they're they are drowning we walk on the water and say come let me help you we walk like Christ. Jesus said, the works that I do show you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. You're meant to live supernatural lives, not religious lives. You're meant to talk with God and walk with God and, and have the authority and power that the kingdom of God possesses, your life is meant to be one of an overcomer, changing, always changing. Not being overcome, but overcoming. So we go back to the very beginning of this. There has to come a time, and this is why the Lord says, seek the kingdom and his righteousness and all the things you've added unto you. There has to come a time when all of your seeking and all of your praying has to, and all of your giving, it has to add up to gas in the tank, food on the table, overcoming pressures of life, overcoming worry and anxiety and fear, overcoming stress. It has to add to getting better test results from the doctor's office. It has to add up to, I was taking this medicine, but I'm no longer taking that. It, it, has, it has to add up to lost sons and daughters coming back home. There has to be some form of difference. And if we're not seeing that, then we're going to have to say that we are merely religious. 
I'm just hoping that Jesus is coming real soon so he can take me away of all my pain and misery. Come on, Lord, get me out of here because I'm really being overcome by this devil. I'm sure the angels are going, if you only knew how much power and authority that you really possessed. If you would only just stand up in your authority, if you would only just submit to the kingdom that he has given unto you, if you would only do that, son of man, child of God, if you would only do that, then you wouldn't be crying for an evac so soon. Yes, heaven is waiting. It is our home. It is our destination. Yes, it is. But this word must be walked out here and now. You got me? Do you feel that? It's got to be walked out. So Jesus says, first of all, he says here in Mark uh, 1, 15, he says, repent. Repent from the way that you've been thinking. Repent from the way that you've been believing. Turn from that and turn to me. Let me give this example. There's so much, so much. Mm. I feel like I'm at Thanksgiving dinner all over again. The table is spread and my plate is only so large. So please bear with us. Amen. I saw this as well. I saw two stores. This will help bring this into uh, focus as the Lord was showing me this as well. I said, wow, that's awesome. I saw two stores. One store is like a like a big superstore, right? Had everything in it. Everything in that store, that superstore was high quality. Everything high quality. Okay? And in that superstore it had a restaurant. High quality food, high quality food. I mean the food was so high quality in there that you didn't want your mamas to go in there with you. That's what they say in the South. Y'all who are listening overseas, you know, they say it's so good, make you want to slap your mama. So yeah, not really, but that's the saying. Okay, we get that. So the food was so good in there. So good. It's oh, so good. I mean, the food to kind of get you right back here. Mmm, mmm, mmm. But here's the, here's the thing. It's extremely expensive. And there's always a long wait. Not always, but most of the time there's a long wait before you can even sit down to eat. But the food is always excellent. But sometimes, many times, you have to stand in line to get there. It's a long wait. But down the street, there's another restaurant, another uh, big store that had a restaurant. And there's hardly any waiting there. Hardly any at all. But the food is, it tastes okay. But there's no waiting. And it's cheaper. Cheaper food, no waiting, and it's okay. But it has an after effect. After you eat it, you know you're going to have to run to your bathroom. But at least you ate. Okay? Food is cheaper. No waiting. You did get something to eat. But you know you're going to have to run to the bathroom. That's a trade-off. Right. That's kind of like the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. What God has for you 
It's so wonderful. You never regret that you ate there. But sometimes when you pray, you got to wait on it for a while. You don't have to worry about getting the runs because it's going to empower you and strengthen you. And you're going to always be grateful that you came. You had to wait for your table, but you know if you waited on it, oh my goodness, it's going to be so good sitting there. You know all the shelves up there had high quality stuff. You know it, but you just got to wait. You can run down to Restaurant Satan. Get a table immediately. He's going to serve you up real good. Serve you with a smile. And you're going to sit down and eat. At least you got something. Only cost you a couple of bucks. And you can leave out at least eight. But you're going to regret it. I'm not sure if any of you ever had some strong abdominal pains. Like food poison. Oh my God, you wish you hadn't had that. Couple of hands up here. Well, that's the enemy's place. And sometimes we, because we don't want to wait on God, we run back down the street. Because there's a need in you that must be fulfilled. Hunger is hunger. Whether it's hunger for food or, or hunger for attention, but hunger is hunger. And we're gonna do whatever we can do to fulfill the hunger. Whether you're going to wait on it, wait for the Lord, and it's always good. You never regret it. Or whether you want to take matters into your own hands and run down the street, and at least you got something. But after you eat it, you're going to regret it. Man, know what I'm talking about? They only serve one dish down there, one dish. It's called sin. When you eat it, it's going to sour in your belly. But if we just wait on it, wait on it, your table will be open soon. Just wait on it. You can smell it cooking. You can, you can smell those greens, those yams. You can, you can smell it. You can smell it. Just got to wait on it. You will eat after a while. Many times you just got to wait. Now that you're nice and hungry, let's go along with the scripture. You got that picture in your mind? Anybody got experience with that? Going from restaurant to restaurant? So Jesus said you got to repent and believe the gospel. The, believe the gospel? What gospel? The gospel of the kingdom. So the Lord said to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. It is near. It is right here. Then he tells us to pray here in Matthew 6. Matthew 6 verses uh, 9 and 10 from the Lord's Prayer. He says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And let's read verse 10 together. Let's go. Ready? Let's read. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Here's the next part. The Lord says, Jesus says himself, he said both these verses as outlined in scripture. First, he says, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is at hand. Then he says, this I want y'all to pray, your kingdom come. Now, if it's already here, why do I have to pray that it comes? Which one is true? Well, they're actually both true. The kingdom of God, once you receive Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is within you. It is here. It is at hand. But he still says, I want you to pray that it come. 
That is that it fully, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, fully come. That is, if it's um, that the kingdom would fully manifest within you and, of course, manifest globally upon the planet. That God's full will would be done on the planet globally, just like it is in heaven. And that his will, his kingdom would be established in you fully, fully established in you, fully accepted into you. His kingdom must be fully accepted into you. And we're going to see this today. That's why Jesus says repent, not just repent, repent in one part of our lives, but all through our lives, our entire dominion must be given over to the Lord. You got me? So he says simply repent, that is leave the darkness, fully leave the darkness and fully come into the light. Now that is a process. See, you can be fully you say, well, I love Jesus and I'm turning my back on the devil and I'm going to stay over here in the light. I'm going to stay right over here in the light. Well, you are now over here in the light, but the enemy can still tempt you with thoughts, with thoughts, feelings. They just slapped you. What are you going to do? Well, the kingdom says that I need to turn the other cheek. Will you continue to walk in light or will you say... You're walking in light, and they just cursed you out. The kingdom says we ought to bless them and pray for them. But what do you say? Don't make me take my earrings off, girl. I cut you. I cut you. You got what I'm saying to you? Jesus says us do this here in Matthew 6, Matthew 6, and we're beginning to close Surely, I'm really enjoying this word today. I'm really enjoying the Lord. Matthew 6, as we continue on our journey of, should I say this, of putting um, rubber to the road, so to speak. We need to see what happens in the scripture come to pass in your life. And if that has not happened, then we need to continue until we see it. Because it is God's promise to us. Matthew 6, verse 33 through 34. Let's read this again. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added unto you. Verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We must make the kingdom of God and his righteousness top priority in our lives. And when we do Everything else is added to us. I don't have to run after the job, run after the promotion. I don't have to brown nose people to get them to notice me or to like me. All I got to do is seek the kingdom of God. Learning to I pursue the kingdom of God, that is learn it, understand it, learn how to operate in it, learn how my father thinks, learn my kingdom constitution, which is called the Bible. I'm seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm endeavoring, I'm seeking to live righteously. Live as my king. Live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I'm pursuing it. I'm following after it. I'm seeking it. That's my top priority in life. And as I do that, everything I need will be added unto me. I don't have to bow down to this, to this thing. I don't have to uh, scheme, connive, and lie my way into some deal or some opportunity. All I have to do is make the Father my top priority. Make the kingdom my top priority. Finding out what the word says and walking that out. Living righteously. 
and everything that I need is added unto me. I'll never be without. We have to make a decision, though, to fully walk in the light. Now, that does not mean that you're not going to trip and fall back dark. Oh, Lord, no, I'm sorry I did that. No, I repent. I stay in the light. You got what I'm saying to you? It's the decision that you make. Look at Matthew 6 one time. Matthew 6, verse 24, the Lord says it so plainly here. He says here, Matthew 6, uh, verse 24 of the New Living Translation, it says, no one can serve two masters. Is it getting plain to you? No man can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You cannot serve God and mammon, King James says. Look what the Lord says about the two kingdoms. Remember, he told us to repent, right? He says, you're going to hate one and love the other. Now, if I'm fully in the light of God, that means I'm loving the kingdom of God. I'm loving his word. Now, you may not, first of all, fully agree with don't slap. You may not fully agree with giving and forgiving and loving you may not fully agree with it, yet there may be something still rebellious on the inside of you. And the Lord willing, we'll get to that, dealing with that rebellion. But you say, yes, Lord, I will comply. And see, the, really the only way that enemy can pull you back into the darkness is if he latches on to those dark places that are still within you. He latches on to the fear. He latches on to the worry. It's a hook on the inside of us. He hooks the hook and he begins to drag you back. He hooks the hook and drags you back. And his purpose is to drag you into the darkness. Now, you're going to either love one and hate the other, not love one and coat the other or romance the other. You know, it's like you're married now, married over here. But then you hear, oh, when you're coming over here. Baby, I told you, I got married now. I got, I'm married now. I'm a married man, so we, we can't do that no more. Oh, uh, well, she won't know, won't hurt her. No, now, 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 get on now. I'm married now. I love, I love my wife. Oh, really? I'll make you your favorite pot roast. Get on out of here now. I told you to get out of here. Why are you talking to her in the first place? Your wife makes pot roast now. Stay with her pot roast. You got what I'm saying? But because there's still something in him, something in him that's still attached to that, she knows I can get him with my pot roast. Because that's still in him. You got what I'm saying to you? So she can pull, the enemy can pull at you in that point, with that, that point, he still knows he can identify with what's his. Say it that way. The devil can identify with what's his. Even though you're in light, he can still see the dark. And if he can see the dark, he can try to come at you and tempt you in that area and pull you there. And pull you out there. So you're going to either, and here's what the Lord says, you're going to love me and hate him. 
It's got to be that difference. Love and hate. No, we're done. I pray you go to heaven, girl, but you ain't coming up here anymore. What we had was then and it's gone. Now I'm blocking you. You hear what I'm saying to you? Now we're going to pray for her, right? She's desperate. She needs somebody. So whoever you are, fictitious character, we wish you well in Jesus' name. You got what I'm saying. Love, Jesus said, you're going to love the kingdom of God and you're going to hate the kingdom of this world. Or you're going to hold to, be devoted to the one that is holding to the light. Being devoted to the light and despising. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's how it has to be. It's not a flirtatious thing. It has to be that, that line that has to be drawn. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's look at this in James, James first chapter, verses one, uh, rather, James first chapter, verses five through eight, as we begin to close today. I need you to see this in these two scriptures to really bring it home to you. Because the rubber won't meet the road. We won't see the manifestation of the kingdom of God, deliverance in every area of your life. You won't see gas in your gas tank. You won't see the mortgages paid off, the debt freedom. You won't see healing for our bodies and everything else that we've been looking for and longing for that the Father has promised. We won't see it if we have divided loyalties. Are you hearing? Let's look at James. James 1, verses 5 through 8 out of the living, uh, New Living Translation. It says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, verse 6. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God, what? Alone. Alone. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Can you see what we're saying here? He says, do not waver. For a person with what? Divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7 really brings it home. Help me read verse 7. Ready? Let's go. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. God said, don't even think about it. Let's bring it on home. This fictitious wife says to her husband, baby, you married me and you got to cut her off. She can't, no, no, no more her pot roast. No, I cook the pot roast now. No, you will not have, you will not eat in her kitchen anymore. Yes, baby, you're right. I repent. She does not want divided loyalty. No husband wants divided loyalty. Oh, Jesus. You don't want, God says, I don't want divided loyalty. 
You're either going to walk with me or you're going to walk with him. You cannot serve two. A person with divided loyalty, God says, don't expect to get anything from me. So here again, we're praying, God, fill my tank up with gas. Lord, pay my mortgage. Lord, I want a better job. Lord, I need healing from my body. Lord, Lord this and, and Lord, Lord that. I need all these things to come to pass. Lord, I need, I need a husband. I need a wife. Lord, 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 I need this new business. Lord, Lord, Lord. All these prayers are going up, going up, going up, going up, going up. It's like smoke rising up before the throne of God. The Lord says, <coughs> You got divided loyalty. Don't even think about it. Isn't that something? So don't let that person, he says, verse 7, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. So it's either you're in or you're out. Do you want me or do you want him? You got what I'm saying? A lot of smoke going on. A lot of prayers going up. Let's break this on down. Last scripture here in Luke 19. This is so good, Lord. This is some good pot roast here. Jesus, some good pot roast. I'm liking this. I'm good steak here. I mean, it's just, oh, get you back here. I don't even need an A1 sauce or, or sauce. It's just good. The natural flavors and the nutrients. All in this. Join me for our last course meal right here. Luke 19. This is so good. This talks about the, the parable of the talents. But I want you to look at the beginning and the end of this as it relates to the kingdom. Verse, uh, Luke 19 verse 12 says this. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. That is, this nobleman went forth to be crowned king and then return. To be crowned king and then return. Verse 13. And he called ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, what? Occupy till I come. That is, do business till I come. Look at verse 14. But his citizens hated him. Who's him? The one that's going to be crowned king. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Now, that's a big slapping moment right there. You are noblemen. That is, you're in line for the throne of that area, that town. And so you're going, you got your carriage together, you got your, your bodyguards, your, your knights or whatever, whoever you have, and you're going up to be crowned king over that region. And as you're going up, people are flying past you. 
they get up there before you do or while you're there and they, they're telling the people, we don't want this man to rule over us. What kind of nerve have you got? People from your country that you're going to rule over say, we don't want you. All right, fine. Verse 15 says, and it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom. Oh, oh praise Jesus. Haters going to hate, but I don't have to do it. Haters showed up at your coronation and said, we don't want you. Isn't that something? Haters show up at your graduation. Haters show up at that time and say, we don't want this. So he comes back after having received the kingdom. Praise Jesus. Right? He said, and it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants uh, these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by them or rather had, had, had gained by trading. Thank you. All right. So he dealt with all of that. Now let's go down to verse number 27. Verse 27 says, but those mine enemies, the king is saying now, which would not that I should reign over them bring hither and slay them before me. In other words, he's saying, bring them in and execute them right in front of me. What are we saying here? How does this relate to the kingdom in our lives today as we close? There are certain parts in you, in your kingdom, on the inside of you, that are still rebellious toward the things of God. It does not want Jesus to rule over you. It still wants its own way. That darkness, those hooks, don't want Jesus to rule. Anytime you hear it, God says, it's got to be my way or no way. And we say, I don't know about that. That's a rebellious foe, a rebellious enemy. Although you say, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life, the king of my life, and I'm willing to dwell in the light, to dwell in his kingdom and submit unto him. But then the enemy says, ah, but you still got some rebellious stuff in you. If we'd be honest, we'd say, Lord, I don't always want to do what you want me to do. Those parts of you, those enemies in you, Jesus said, you must bring them before him and slay them before him. That is, I'd say to the Lord, Lord, you tell me to do this. You tell me to give. You tell me to forgive. I don't want to do it. That's a rebellious part of me. Lord, I submit that to you. May it be killed in your presence. I renounce that citizen. I renounce that part of me. I will not have that reigning in my life. So, Lord, I bring it before you as my king. Kill that. Slay that in your presence. And every time I repent, every time I repent or I bring that up before the Lord, I don't hide that rebellious citizen. I don't hide him in rebellion in some corner somewhere. I drag him and say, no, you're going to get yourself here and bring yourself right before the king and you're going to be killed. So that when it's all said and done, the whole kingdom, the whole realm inside of us 
is completely submitted to the Lord and I'm no longer walking, straddling the fence between death and life, light and darkness, but I am completely over to the light and the enemy no longer has hooks to pull me over and I'm walking in complete victory every day of my life, walking as a citizen of the kingdom of God, walking in power and great authority. And then I become, I become a witness, not just go witnessing. I don't have to say a word about Christ. I don't say a word about the Bible. When they look at me, they see him. When I open my mouth, they hear him. When I enter the room, his presence fills the room. We've been talking a lot. We have seen no manifestation or very little manifestation. The time has to come when the words of the Bible must come alive in us. And we must walk in our inheritance. The Bible says in the book of Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 13, it says, For if we, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. It's the Holy Spirit that executes those things, but we got to say it, we got to repent, we got to bring this thing before the Lord. Every rebellious thought in us, we got to bring it into captivity. Every, every rebellious feeling, bring it into captivity. Lust, uh, fear, worry, stress, all of it, everything that's rebellious, everything in us that does not submit to God, we bring it before him. Greed, whatever it is, we bring it before him. We say, Holy Spirit, mortify that, put it to death. I don't want that in me. I renounce it. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the words you've given us today. And Lord, we do pray that you continue to lead us into the light. That we may see the manifestation of the kingdom that has come. That all of us will, all, every part of us, every part, everything that pertains to us may receive the full manifestation of the kingdom of God. That we may walk as overcomers. That we may not walk under clouds of sadness and doom and gloom and anger and fear. Lord, that we may not walk under the cloud of the enemy's words, but that we may rise above it and fly high above it that we may finally have our day in the sun and bring others into that light and we may walk as true children of God in this dark and evil world lead us in a way that we should go our desire is to fully submit to you in every way we love you so much, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.